0: was an American Baptist pastor who was working in New York State who told me that he had a favorite chair in his office, and bizarrely he gave this chair a name. Perhaps there was a Methodist in his madness, For whenever he didn't want to be disturbed, he told his PA he'd gone to Kansas City for a while. That was the name of the chair, Kansas City. And then when someone asked to speak to the pastor, she could say with integrity, I'm so sorry, he's in Kansas City right now. Some retired pastors in the service this morning, I bet you wish you'd thought of that particular uh, one, and it might have saved you a lot of disturbances over the years. But I wonder how many of us here have been put in the situation in the workplace where we've been expected by our boss or a colleague to compromise our integrity by telling lies. Gordon Selfridge of the department store dynasty once hired a Christian man as his PA One day when they were in the office together, the phone rang and Selfridge told his PA, if it's for me, I'm out. And to his great anger, he heard the PA say on the phone, Mr. Selfridge is right here. I'll pass you over to him. Can you imagine the atmosphere in that office when Selfridge came off the phone? Here's what the PA said to his incandescent boss. If I won't lie for you, you can be sure I won't lie to you. And the PA kept his job, and the relationship between PA and boss was enhanced. And as we've been hearing this morning, we're looking at integrity as an aspect of Christian character. The word integrity is found in the Bible several times. Indeed, it was there in the passage which Dave read a few moments ago from the Old Testament book of Job. The concept of integrity is integral to Christian discipleship. The Hebrew root of the word translated integrity in the Old Testament means whole or complete. So in maths, and some of you have been maths teachers or are maths teachers here, in maths an integer is a whole number, not a fraction, but a number complete in itself. In the wider sense, integral means essential or fundamental. If a component is integral to a system, take it away and the system is compromised. It's no longer whole. So you might ask, how does this relate to character? What does it mean for an individual to be a person of integrity? Bill Hybels wrote a book on character entitled, Who You Are When No One Is Looking. It's subtitled, Choosing Consistency, Resisting Compromise. So if you're to be a person of integrity, you have to be in the dark what you are in the light. You have to be the same person in public as you are in private. You have to be the same person at home as in the workplace, the same person at home as in church. Some of you might remember this uh, acronym. WYSIWYG. Who knows what WYSIWYG means give me a, a show of hands WYSIWYG wig came from the early days of uh, home computing really and it means what you see is what you get what you see is what you get and there's a sense in which a person of integrity when you look at them what you see is what you get they're the real deal they're authentic they're the same in all situations and circumstances as those of you who are here regularly know, we've been looking at Christian character based loosely around the fruit of the Spirit. And one or two of the preachers have said, you cannot pick and choose. Each flavor of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, etc., is integral. A person of integrity, therefore, shows evidence of each of these flavors. And there are so many things that we could say about integrity, and the things I share this morning can only be a sample of the things that keep springing to mind, even during the service this morning, as Sheila started with the reference to John 4, worshiping in spirit and in truth, for example. But a person of integrity keeps promises. A person of integrity can be trusted. In fact, a person of integrity does not come. Do you see how the words put together there? Compromise is to break your promise. A person of integrity tries to live in purity of mind and heart. Jesus called the Pharisees whitened sepulchres. He accused them of hypocrisy. He accused them of being play actors, respectable externally, but rotten to the core. So a person of integrity... When we think of integrity as part of Christian character, it is pure in mind and heart. A person of integrity values truth. Yet if not careful, a person of integrity could become a total pain. Ecclesiastes tells us there's a time to speak and a time to remain silent, and Paul writes to the Ephesians about speaking the truth in love. Integrity must be balanced with Wisdom. A person of integrity seeks to be consistent like a stick of seaside rock, conveying the same message throughout. And how many times have you heard it said about a particular person, so-and-so is lovely inside and out? I haven't heard it so much the other way around. So-and-so is awful inside and out. But sometimes we say that about people. So-and-so is lovely inside and out. A person of integrity will refrain from bad-mouthing others. A man I got to know, a Hungarian pastor called Daniel Jabo, had lived and worked throughout the communist period in Hungary. And he told me one day that former members of the secret police requested that he would conduct their funeral services. What did they have in mind? They knew him to be a person of integrity. They were confident that he would not abuse the opportunity by demonizing them for their former life when he took their funeral services. When I was pastor of a church in Glasgow, there were a couple who, to put it mildly, were very difficult. They were manipulative, they ruled a reign of terror among some of the people in that church. They were so controlling. And a friend said to me one day, he said, one day you're going to have to take their funerals and you're going to have to say nice things about them. The days came, and with God's help, I managed to maintain my integrity, not abusing the opportunity, but celebrating the positive aspects of their life. A person of integrity does not bad mouth. A person of integrity doesn't deny his convictions under pressure. Sue was preaching a couple of weeks ago and mentioned the early Christian martyr Polycarp who was burned at the stake maintaining his integrity. He said something like this, I have served Christ and Christ has served me well these 80 years. I'm not going to deny him now. I wonder how we would fur under such pressure. Remember Peter in the courtyard when Jesus was arrested. You were there with the Galilean. I never knew him. (laughs) Cock-a-doodle-doo. A person of integrity walks the talk. Lifestyle is consistent with mouth style. Sometimes it's argued that a different set of values is okay in the world of business, where it might be argued everybody is doing it. John Maxwell, a leadership teacher, said there is no such thing as business ethics. That was the title of a book. He observes that when business people make unethical choices or act without integrity, they do so for one of three reasons. Perhaps they do things out of convenience. We're going to take the easiest road here, even if it's not strictly ethical. They'll do what they must do to win all's fur in love, war, and business, Everybody does it. Remember the MPs' expenses scandal a few years ago. Or the other thing that Maxwell says is, in business, people rationalize their choices with relativism, relativism. Situation ethics. What's right depends on the situation. No absolute reminds us of the Old Testament passage in Judges where it says everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And some of you here are in business. Some of you might recognize some of those pressures, some of those temptations, some of those pressures to compromise your integrity. But we don't need to be in business to pursue this particular path. Convenience. Convenience. What do you do when you're given too much change in a shop? What do you do when you find you've not been charged for an item on your restaurant bill? What's the way of integrity? It'd be such a pain to go back into the shop. It'd be such a pain to call the waiter over and try and explain what was wrong with the bill. Convenience. Winning. Tax forms. Expenses claims. Do we do what's right or do we play the system? And rationalising. Well, actually, it's not always clear-cut. I want to give you a test case this morning. And I wonder what you would do in these circumstances. You've purchased cheap seats at the theatre. And in the first interval, you realise that there are some much better seats unoccupied. What do you do? Do you sit tight in the seat that you've paid for, or do you take advantage of the seat someone else has paid for and not taken up? You you get the scenario? What what do you do? Who would go and get the better seat? (laughs) I thought everybody would. (laughs) Who would stay in the seat that they paid for? Okay, some of you. it's it's been a challenge to me. We we were in the Lake District uh, with a Christian holiday group, and we went to the theater by the lake in the Lake District, and we paid for the cheapest possible seats. They were sort of stools that sort of swiveled around, a a little bit like this, leaning over the, uh, the balcony. Somebody kindly provided that visual aid, and it came to the interval, and everybody got up and went to these other seats that were left. And somebody beside me sat tight, and I couldn't leave her sitting on her own. (laughs) From your show of hands this morning, if you're being honest, then uh, maybe most of you show her kind of integrity rather than what I was brought up to do as the norm in such situations. Why do I share this story? Because it's not always easy to work out what is the path of integrity. Evangelist Billy Graham was 99 the other week. He's quoted as saying, All I want is to be remembered as a simple proclaimer of the gospel of Christ. I want people to think of me as one who walked in his integrity. So Billy Graham started his evangelistic uh, missionary journey in the late 1940s and early 1950s. And during that period, he recognized that traveling evangelists were getting a bad reputation. It was fueled in part by a movie about a dodgy evangelist called Elmer Gantry. So Billy Graham called his associates together uh, some of the names you would know, Cliff Barrows and Bev Shea, And Grady Wilson, he called them together and he said, Look, we are in a battlefield. We could very easily fall into the same trap that others who are travelling from place to place do. Let's come back tomorrow with a list of things that could cause us to stumble and let's do something about it. So the next day they came back together and they identified four areas in which evangelists were vulnerable. Money. Shady handling of money. Many of the ways in which they were uh, supported would be what they called love offerings in the gatherings. And there was no financial accountability. How did you deal with these? How did you handle them properly? I I was involved in some uh, meetings in... uh, Uh, The United States one time when all of the teams were supposed to be supported by these love offerings Uh, and one of the teams reported that the love offering was taken every night in the meeting but they came back to the UK with not one cent of it. When I was uh, working with Evangelical Alliance, the deal was that whenever we received expenses of any kind when we were uh, out preaching somewhere, all of that money went back to Evangelical Alliance because we were being paid a salary for the job that we were doing. And I I went to one church, and a guy said to me at the door, here's a sealed envelope. Now, that is for you. That is not for Evangelical Alliance. I said, I'm really sorry, I can't take that for me. I'll need to pass it on to Evangelical Alliance. He says, give me it here, give me it back. He says, no, I'm just joking, you take that. Well, I opened the envelope and there was 200 pounds in it, which was the most money I had ever been offered as expenses or preaching fee. And I did pass it on to Evangelical Alliance, but the handling of money is an area where people can fall into difficulties. You don't need to be an evangelist For that, if you're the treasurer of an organization, if you're handling anybody else's money, your integrity can be compromised. Sexual immorality, that was one of the difficulties for uh, traveling evangelists. And and Billy Graham uh, came up with this theory to never travel alone, this practice. Never be alone with a member of the opposite sex who isn't your wife or your husband. Then nobody can accuse you of anything. And some people think that's quite extreme. I hosted twice a, a man that we brought across from the States who was giving talks on transitioning, leading your church through change. And, and we were staying in uh, travel inns, as they were called then, Travel Inn, Travel Lodge, Premier Travel Inn as it is now. And, and his practice was to go down to the hotel reception and to ask them to disable the uh, adult channels from the television. Well, this was the travel inn. They didn't know how to disable the television, never mind to separate different uh, channels. But he was so uh, conscientious in protecting himself from uh, temptation, so conscientious in maintaining his integrity. My, My PA was affronted when he refused to fly on the same plane as her to Newcastle. But Billy Graham put these things in place about sexual Activity and avoiding the appearance of evil, and he's 99 and he's maintained his integrity. Biblical stories Joseph and Potiphar's wife, we heard a couple of weeks ago, Samson and Delilah, David and Bathsheba, the people of God are not exempt from temptation in this particular area Uh, another thing that Billy Graham and his associates said was the bad-mouthing one that we've already looked at a little bit bad-mouthing others doing similar work they said we will celebrate the successes of others we will concentrate on doing what we do well and the fourth thing was exaggerated accomplishments some evangelists are quite evangelistic about their successes they claim that more people have been at their meetings than actually have Or, or so it was suggested When I was working with EA, preaching at different churches, week by week, we'd send out a form which would clarify issues like dress code, number of people expected, and I learned the hard way that the answers given were the preferred answers of the person filling in the form. So for a gospel festival in a park in Enfield, I was advised to wear a suit, and I've never been so overdressed in my life invariably you could halve the expected numbers for a Sunday morning service and almost every time people would say to you, there's a lot of people on holiday today. This is a bad week. Being honest about numbers, being realistic about numbers is important. And striving for full integrity became part of the DNA of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Organisation and Billy Graham's team maintained their reputation. I want to say something that's obvious, I think. God values integrity. The Bible reading which Dave read tells us how in ancient times when Satan and God were having a conversation, what kind of man did God present to Satan as his champion? Job, a man of integrity who would not compromise his integrity even when under the greatest pressure and pain have you considered my servant job there's no one like him on earth he's blameless and upright a man who fears god and shuns evil he still maintains his integrity though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason even his wife said forget your integrity curse god and die But Job maintained his integrity and God selected Job as his champion. I want to say that integrity is good for us. In the book of Proverbs 10 and 9, we read this, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. Or Proverbs 11, verse 3, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. God values integrity. Integrity is good for us, but we need to realize that integrity is not always popular. Again, the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 29 verse 10, the bloodthirsty hate a person of integrity and seek to kill the upright. Uh, As a student aged about 20, I worked some 12-hour shifts at a large Liverpool bakery and every so often the conveyor belt would stop and the guys would say, outside, smoke break. I said, but I don't smoke. I can carry on. They said, outside. (laughs) Working at a faster rate than the regulars choose to work is not popular. The whistleblower, Elijah, was a whistleblower. A person of integrity is not necessarily popular. Now, I'm conscious that when we outline the characteristics of a quality such as integrity or some of the other things we've looked at, humility or gentleness for that matter, we can feel condemned. We can feel the challenge is too great. I can never match up, so I'm not even going to bother. My plea to you this morning is don't switch off. Don't give up as we address the all-important question How do we gain integrity? I want to say, first of all, we must want to live a life of integrity. We must find it attractive. I hope for us here this morning, that's a given. Be intentional about it. Second thing, ask the Holy Spirit to pinpoint your ID. I don't mean your identity this morning. I mean your integrity deficit. Ask the Holy Spirit to identify those parts of your life where you need to do some work with his help to change behavior and then resolve to work in those particular areas. Then hear the words of the popular Christian broadcaster Charles Swindoll. Christ doesn't offer you a technique on building your life. He offers you his life, his honesty, his integrity. Not a lot of rules and don'ts and threats, but sufficient power to counteract your dishonest bent. And he calls it a new nature. That's God's spirit living in us, producing fruit. How do we maintain integrity? Billy Graham and his associates made themselves accountable to one another and accountability is one of the ways in which we can maintain integrity as we allow others to speak into our life and hold us in check when we step out of line. The unexamined life is wide open for compromise. I haven't always worked in churches or a Christian charity. I spent a number of years in local government as a town planner. Here's what I discovered. If you're known as a Christian in the workplace, then your colleagues will keep you accountable. I thought you were supposed to be a Christian. You shouldn't be speaking like that. You shouldn't be behaving like that. But within the church family, within the body of Christ, we should be able to find places where we can be real, vulnerable, honest. Where we can give others permission to speak into our lives and call us to account. And I just want to ask you this morning, do you have such a safe place for some? It may be with a spouse. For some, it may be within a home group. For some, a structured process like the steps element of freedom in Christ or a specially convened group like the one that was called integrity. The purpose of these things were not for you to be beaten up, but rather to be encouraged, to be cheered on and supported. So I want to finish with a verse that uh, we wouldn't normally think of in this context. But it struck me, if the root word of integrity is wholeness, completeness, then this verse has a lot to say to us this morning about uh, integrity. Jesus said, I've come that they may have life, life to the full. And usually when we use that verse or we share that verse or we receive that verse, we're thinking of excitement. We're thinking of the way in which Jesus is providing us with so much good stuff. But if integrity is living life to the full in terms of Christian character, then Jesus said, that's what he's come to bring us. So rather than getting beaten up, about our lives and our inconsistency and our potentially low integrity deficit. Why don't we receive the full life that Jesus offers? He offers to each one of us and he offers it now. Let me pray for us. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that Jesus did come to offer life to the full. We thank you that you poured out your Spirit on all flesh we thank you father that the fruit of the spirit expresses christian character we thank you father that when we seek to please you by being men and women of integrity that we're not on our own that you are there with us that you're there to help us you're rooting for us you're cheering us on you're not wanting to condemn us and so i pray father this morning for each one of us that uh, as your Holy Spirit does draw to our attention things in our lives which are out of sync and uh, where we are not living as people of integrity. Father, that as you draw our attention to those things, that we might bring them to you, that we might make ourselves accountable to others so that we're supported, and that we might experience that fullness of life that Jesus offers so that when people look at us, They will see in the most positive way that what they see is what they get because we are completely transparent, authentic, and consistent. And we ask this in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.